0: I'm Juan Williams. I'm Jerry Willis. I'm Bill Hemmer. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, May 8th, 2020. I'm Trey Yanks. China is reportedly using the COVID-19 outbreak to make geopolitical gains around the world.
1: China basically stepped up its efforts to turn the focus... Um, around from its initial cover-up of the COVID-19 outbreak at home and to position itself as a global leader in fighting the pandemic.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown, Global Pandemic. Some countries are using this global pandemic as an opportunity to make military, cyber, and political moves that could fly under the radar. As tensions rise between China and the United States, some analysts are describing the situation as a new Cold War. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from senior policy analysts at the U.S. Institute of Peace, Patricia Kim, about new moves being made by Beijing. Starting first, though, with Iran. Sources tell Fox News that Iran is behind a cyber attack against Israeli water infrastructure late last month and that American servers were used to carry out the attack. When reached for comment, a senior Department of Energy official reiterated the DOE and Trump administration is routinely working to protect the U.S. and its allies against these types of cyber attacks. The official declined to comment on the specifics of what they are calling a, quote, ongoing investigation. The Iranian regime is seen as taking advantage of the international focus on fighting COVID-19. Now to China, the Chinese government continues to deny access for international investigators to visit a lab in Wuhan where the COVID-19 outbreak may have started. Beijing's ambassador to the United Nations said that once a, quote, final victory is declared over coronavirus, access may be granted. Tensions remain high between the United States and China as the Trump administration doubled down this week, blaming the Chinese of hiding COVID-19 information. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said during a briefing this week that China has an obligation to open up and be transparent. While China continues to deny early coronavirus missteps, there is significant evidence, according to the Five Eyes Intelligence Network, of censorship and destruction of evidence. Finally, a new report this week by the United States Institute of Peace details how China is exerting its influence in the Red Sea arena. The report looks at how China's growing influence, interests, and activities affect conflict dynamics in the Horn of Africa and parts of the Middle East. So how does the timing of China's ongoing efforts line up with the coronavirus outbreak?
1: To start, um, our report looks at the Red Sea arena, which we define as including the western and eastern sides of the Red Sea, from Egypt to the Horn of Africa, and then on the other side, um, the Arabian Peninsula. And we wanted to take a look to understand what impact China is having having in this region and implications for the United States.
0: This is Patricia Kim a senior policy analyst at the U.S. Institute of Peace.
1: And what we found through our study is that China over the last two decades, and especially in the last decade, has rapidly expanded its economic and diplomatic footprint in this region and to a lesser extent its military footprint, and it's become a significant player as a result. And our study found that the primary pillar of Beijing's strategy or um, approach to this region is economic. So Beijing sees economic engagement as its way to win friends and influence in the Red Sea arena and to protect its key interests from growing its economy and supporting um, its national security by being able to secure a stable flow of trade and energy resources, protecting its citizens that are out in the region, and building ties throughout the region through various bilateral and multilateral mechanisms that create support for China in the broader international arena.
0: And this report came out at a unique time in world history. I mean, this global pandemic that countries around the world are dealing with. How does the the timing of these actions by China, I mean, it sounds like this is an ongoing activity for the, the Chinese government, but how do these actions align with the current state of affairs around the world? And do you see China as using weaknesses in... Infrastructure or uh, geopolitical situations as an opportunity to grow their influence?
1: So, China had basically built up a lot of credit for itself in the Red Sea arena um, by serving as a source of investment in FDI and by providing loans to countries and showing up with grand infrastructure projects. And I think when the COVID 19 outbreak hit, it realized that its image had taken a hit. And so After emerging from the worst of its own outbreak, China basically stepped up its efforts to turn the focus um, around from its initial cover-up of the COVID-19 outbreak at home and to position itself as a global leader in fighting the pandemic. So in March and April, uh, Beijing began to send medical supplies and in some cases medical professionals um, around the world. And a lot of this assistance was also focused in the Red Sea arena, and especially the African side of the Red Sea arena. Um, So China really stepped up assistance uh, that was coordinated through local embassies, some through state-owned enterprises and private businesses, as well as individuals like billionaire Jack Ma uh, Ma, who pledged to send millions of masks and test kits to Africa. And so this was received very well. Um, especially at first. And so China received a lot of praise from countries that were looking to secure these precious uh, equipment from China. Um, But this goodwill actually took a hit in mid-April, especially in Africa, when there were reports emerging and circulating on social media that there was coronavirus-related discrimination against Africans living in Guangzhou. Um, And in other parts of the world, there were complaints about Chinese equipment being subpar or or, um, defective. And so I think there's been mixed reviews about China's response around the world to the pandemic. And it remains to be seen how China's reputation will or will not recover post-COVID.
0: And I understand you were the person, the point person for USIP to actually travel to the region to do some of the research for this report. What was your experience in the region, and and who were the types of people that you were talking to?
1: Sure. So uh, when I went out to the region, this was many months before the COVID outbreak, and so that was not a factor um, when I was speaking with folks. But I did connect with uh, government officials as well as experts out in the Horn of Africa, as well as some from uh the Arabian Peninsula. And views on China were uh largely positive. Again, as I mentioned, um many countries in that region are very eager to partner with China on infrastructure projects, on economic development. Um, having said that, they're not naive and I think they realize that there are risks um, to working with China and that that the infrastructure projects that China brings to the table are not always the highest quality or are not always the most sustainable or the most transparent. I think folks out in the region are quite aware of all of those risks. Having said that, um, they are pretty much looking for all opportunities possible to advance economic development in their country. And so in that sense, they see China as an important partner that they need to work with.
0: You've been listening to Patricia Kim of the U.S. Institute of Peace. We'll be right back. Do you see China as using this opportunity amid the COVID-19 outbreak uh, to exploit some of those relationships that they've developed? You mentioned that the image issue for China has been something at the forefront of their activity in the Red Sea arena now. Based on the research that your team has done, and I know the focus of USIP When it comes to addressing and sometimes assisting countries and and regions about how to avoid conflict in the future, it becomes a, a centerpiece of the conversation. So, I mean, are the Chinese, in your opinion, in this region trying to use the current state of affairs to build a stronger foothold for future potential military and infrastructure projects they might have?
1: I think right now China is in damage control mode. So I don't know if it's necessarily trying to exploit the situation. In many cases, China is actually the greatest creditor in a lot of these um, countries. And so I'm sure leaders in Beijing are actually worried about their investments and their projects out in the region and and, uh, worried that they will be facing countries that will default on their debts. And Actually, China has been facing a lot of pressure from the international community to forgive debts in many of these uh, in, in many of these economically underdeveloped countries. And so, in many ways, they're probably worried about their vulnerabilities. And at the same time, I think they're also trying to shift the narrative. So, as I said, there was a lot of backlash against China around the world and how it initially mishandled the outbreak, and still questions about how China is handling. Um, the origins of the COVID-19 and if it's being transparent and so on. And so I think China is probably scrambling um, to recover some of the damage to its image. That's why we've seen China step up with its mass diplomacy, sending supplies around the world, and especially in the African region, and trying to uh, ensure leaders that they want to contribute and trying to position itself as a global leader in fighting against the pandemic. Um, So that's how I would describe China's approach at this time.
0: And then finally, we've seen a lot of reports, analysts calling this the new Cold War between China and the United States and the Chinese government looking to exert their influence in locations around the world, while the American government is concerned about uh, trade relations with the Chinese, uh, among many other issues. I mean, do you see that as a stretch, describing it as a new Cold War? Or is this the direction that the relationship between Washington and Beijing is headed?
1: So U.S.-China bilateral relations have been on a downward trajectory for many years, and it's clear that it took a further hit uh, due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Again, I think the Chinese government's mishandling of the outbreak, its oppression of information and whistleblowers, as well as the disinformation campaign that it waged around the origins of the virus, deepened the existing mistrust that many U.S. policymakers and experts have of the, of the Chinese political system. Um, also, recent polls show that American citizens' views of China have reached unprecedented lows as well. And so I think uh, following this outbreak, we're going to see just uh, the negative trend go even further down. I don't see an uptick in bilateral relations anytime soon. Um, this is a relationship that has been souring over trade, human rights issues, strategic concerns over China's rights. And so, again, I think this, this outbreak has just exacerbated the existing trends. Um, having said that, I think, you know, as our report makes clear, and it's just looking around the world, there is so much uh, fragility in places like the Red Sea, and if, um, while, the, while many of these places COVID-19 hasn't necessarily peaked to the extent that it has in the U.S., and, and they haven't seen as many deaths or as many people hospitalized, I think it's clear um, that that the Horn of Africa, places like Yemen, will require significant humanitarian and economic assistance if we don't want to see failed states and a destabilized region. So in that sense, it will be necessary to leverage China's economic capacities and get, it, get China, as well as other major regional and global players, to coordinate efforts and contribute to stabilize these regions. So I think the United States will have to strike a balance when it comes to China, um, between competition and cooperation. We will need to compete um, to stay engaged and relevant in regions of strategic interest in international organizations. We will need to push back where we see China eroding democratic norms and values. Um, And at the same time, we will need to find ways to engage in practical cooperation with China in areas of mutual interest, like addressing fragility in the developing world
0: extremely interesting research that you and your team are doing. Patricia Kim, Senior Policy Analyst at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Thanks again for your time.
1: Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.